This is Spike. And this is Elkis. And welcome to another episode of Locally Fried. Fried. A podcast about what's in, what's out, and what it's all about. True. And our guest today is you, our listener. You are. <laughs> I don't really get it. Yeah, I don't really either. I was just kind of thinking like when you're in a museum and they're like, you are the star. You are the exhibit. You are. <laughs> so you are the podcast guest. What if we did an interactive thing where I like ask a question kind of like Dora the Explorer and then just like waited 30 seconds for our listener to answer on their own time? Yeah, it's like. Do you ever get those spam phone calls where they'll be like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And then they pause and you're like, hey. And they're like, wow. And then it takes you How's like your day going? a minute to realize it's <laughs> recording. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> so tell me, listener slash our guest, what is your favorite Vocally Fried episode? Great wow, answer. Great answer. <laughs> I agree. And who is your favorite host? Wrong answer. It's Elkis. <laughs> if, if you said Elkis, sorry, I misunderstood. Okay, anyways, back to business. Spike, do you have anything to po- apologize for and or fact check? I guess the only thing was in... Our last episode, it was our first episode of 2024, and we were doing ins and outs as we always do, State of the Union. And it's this awkward moment that happens every January where everyone does ins and outs now. It's so, it's uncomfortable, it's painful. It's sad. And I keep seeing things on TikTok that's like, everyone's making ins and outs lists, but do you even know the original? And then they have the clickbooks. But we have talked about how, you know, our podcast has been going on for years. We do ins and outs lists. That's kind of the whole premise. And it was inspired by the clickbooks, a series we both read Mm -hmm. as tweens. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. just kind of feels like everyone is sort of co-opting our Mm -hmm. thing that we do. Our Our lived experience. So that's something important to fact check and really everyone owes us an apology yeah (laughs) i want an apology listener do you apologize thank you (laughs) thank you for your meaningful apology apology Um, accepted (laughs) apology accepted that was very kind yeah i just want to make it clear like when that trend the notes app trend of ins and outs went viral. Our podcast had already been around for a few months. So either we started that trend or 
invented it or however you might say it, but I just want you to know we were doing ins and outs on the pod. The song was recorded far, far what's before. In and what's out and what, what it's, it's all, all about. Wow. For us, like for everyone else, it's a trend, but for us, it's our life. It's our lifestyle. For us, ins and outs are forever. It's not every January, it's every two weeks. We're in your ears, Spike and Elkis with the ins and outs. We're doing the research. We're we're spending the time, you know? It's not easy to do this. Yeah, so this is going to be, per usual, our State of the Union episode of the month, January 2024. Mm-hmm. And thanks for tuning in and thanks for being a loyal friar. We so love you, friar. Do you love us? Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I think that that about covers all of the big, important stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me, Spike. This, there's been a lot going on this week. Oscar noms, Mean Girls, the list goes on. Uh, so what's in and what's out for you? <laughs> what is in? Okay, something that's in for me right now, and I think this year, is Criterion Collection. Basically, I've just been realizing that I need to get more cultured and watch classic movies. And Mm. so I've been trying to watch not it doesn't even have to be a highbrow movie for say per se, but like for foreplay. Highbrow. Wow, foreplay. But I've been watching like a lot of 80s and 90s movies on Criterion, and it's so fun because they're so good. Most recently I watched Moonstruck with one of my faves, Young Cher and Young Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. He's weirdly hot in it. Yeah, he's really young. He's like 23 and he has Mm -hmm. kind of an unhinged bread baker baker type of vibe. And it's a really cute movie. And I also watched one called Mississippi Masala that was really cute with young Denzel Washington. And I forget the actress's name, but she's in And Just Like That. And she plays (laughs) Carrie's realtor friend. Seema. Yeah, Seema's in it. And she's so cute. And she's in her 20s. And she's in love with Denzel Washington. (sighs) We've all been there, haven't we? We have. I think what I've realized as a no screen time child that I missed out on a lot of like key movies Mm -hmm. that like most people watched as kids. So I recently watched all of the Matrix movies, and I recently watched Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just think that there's some important films that people would watch maybe with their parents. My parents were, like, not only really, like, scared of screen time, they were really scared of, like, traumatizing you through, like, any kind of violence on screen, but they kind of traumatized me by just kind of, like, isolating me from society. I relate. I feel like I had the exact same experience, like, I wasn't allowed to watch like PG-13 movies 
but then it's like I Until never I 13, saw yeah. anything and like we didn't really watch the news like my parents didn't tell me when 9-11 happened like Same. and like we would watch Sound of Music all the time but they would like fast forward through the Nazi part so I never even knew that like Nazis were involved with that movie because they were like <laughs> we don't want to scare them <laughs> but then like when you find That's out it's a pretty key part of the movie yeah I was like why are they leaving what's why are they running away <laughs> yeah. they're like and, and then they lived happily ever after but it's like such a bad method of parenting because eventually you're <laughs> exposed to like the harsh realities of the world but if you've never seen it in a movie or on tv it's very traumatizing so yeah yeah it reminds me of um the black mirror episode i don't know if you've seen this where it's like this like little kid has an implant it's basically like parental control settings but like in a little kid's brain and so she like whenever there's something violent she just sees like blurry things like Mm. she like can't see anything violent yeah i think it's like kind of a commentary on that kind of thing of like you can protect your child from violent things but then eventually they'll like hit a certain age where they're exposed to violent things and be really unprepared like it's not because kids need to have been exposed to a certain amount yeah. to like know what to avoid or know kind of what's like not going to- on <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like and i had no idea yeah yeah but i think it could be a cool spinoff podcast if we as like extremely sheltered amish children (laughs) watch like movies everyone has seen (laughs) everyone will be like yeah i've seen pulp fiction yeah it's so funny too because obviously we're obsessed with like media and pop culture which i think is also kind of like a rebellion maybe against being so sheltered from pop culture as kids but it's so weird because my parents were like extremely non-religious, but people, I'll tell them about my childhood and they'll, they'll be like, oh, did you grow up like super, super religious? And I'm yeah. like, no, just like, I don't know what was going on, but something in the 90s, some books were going around because it was pre-internet when we were born that were like, the best way to raise your child is like only organic food, no dairy, no gluten, no screen time. Like basically yeah. like take away any like any luxury in life. It is very like Puritan, honestly, but like, yeah, yeah I don't know why. Because our parents obviously received the same message from somewhere. And they lived like we across raised- the country from each other. Yeah. Speaking of weird parenting books that were going around, this is a transition. When I was like in middle school, I found this book that my mom had called Queen Bees and Wannabes. And it's a guide to what your teenage daughter is going to experience in high school. And that book, the Mean Girls movie, is based off of that like nonfiction parenting book. Wait, I was actually going to mention this in the episode. The first time I was exposed to Mean Girls, my brother was like in junior high and high school. My mom got it Mm -hmm. from the library and brought it home and was like, Kyle, you have to watch this movie. It's going to teach you a lot about mean girls in high school and acted (laughs) as if it was like... (laughs) 
an <laughs> educational <laughs> movie from the library. And I was like, wow, I guess when I'm a teenager, my mom is going to force me to watch Mean Girls because it'll teach me about... How- she was like, it'll teach you how to deal with bullying and Mean Girls in high school. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember he was like annoyed because that's, you know, your mom uh, assigning you a movie is weird. Yeah. Um, but... Then I, like, remember watching it and being like, this is a comedy. Like, this is not, like, maybe she saw it at the library because it was at the library. She thought it was, like, a documentary on, like, dealing with mean girls. (laughs) I feel like what probably happened, because this happened with my mom, is she read the book and it's, like, a Mm -hmm. parenting self-help book. And then she (laughs) hears that they're making it into a movie. So she just, like assumes that it's like a documentary like helping teens or something but my mom when I was in high school would always leave books around the house that were like how to deal with your anxious depressed angry teen daughter and you just see it and and be like like, okay Wait, this is a good example of what we were talking about at first. I wasn't allowed to watch movies like Mean Girls because it's like PG-13, I think. Right. But I was experiencing like Mean Girls and bullying at school. So it's like a weird thing where you're not allowed to watch media about what you're going through that could like help you by just like making fun of it you know it's such well, a weird method of parenting mom, you would have been assigned <laughs> i would have loved that <laughs> and i think because i wasn't allowed to watch it for like many years i thought for years that it was like an informational film mm-hmm. about bullying yeah. I need to ask my brother if he remembers that because it was, you know, like when something happens as a child and you're like, like, I think just the idea of like hearing my mom talk about bullying to my brother, like it like sparks something where I'm like, oh, this seems like grown up, like teenager stuff. Yeah. Like, I just remember thinking like mean girls that can only happen in high school, like girls in designer clothes. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it's stuck in my brain forever because I was like, I need to know what this movie is about. (laughs) Yeah. So the reason why we're talking about Mean Girls is because if you don't know, there's a new... name is Regina Regina And I am a massive deal. I, I thought it was... And I am a massive bee at first. But, um, so I don't there's think a so. new <laughs> mean girls. I'm a bad bee. <laughs> I'm a massive bee, just a fact about me. <laughs> um, but there's a new mean girls musical movie out in theaters. A movie that was turned into a Broadway musical that was turned into a movie musical. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) first came Queen Bees and Wannabes. Then came the 2004 movie. Have you read that? No, honestly, I might read it. I'm so curious, like, how they turned... uh, Read it for research. I could. Um, it's probably like very out of touch. Like it's probably like a fifty-year-old woman woman wrote it about her daughter who's like being bullied and like. But my question about it is like it must not be that out of touch if the Mean Girls movie is fair. a movie of it. So I guess I don't really understand. <laughs> I guess I don't really understand the relation between the two. 
But then there was the the Broadway musical. I don't know when they first did that. But now in 2024, we have the remake of the movie and the Broadway musical kind of smashed into one. So Elkis... Okay, it looks, it looks like maybe the woman who wrote it wasn't like 90 when she wrote it, which is probably why. Mm, um, what does it say? I would love to read this book. <laughs> is it about like Katie and Regina or? It's written for parents of teenage girls. It focuses on high school cliques and aggressive behavior. <laughs> <laughs> the queen bee, the leader of, of course, the sidekick, the banker, the gossip keeper, the wannabe and the torn bystander. That's what they categorize. I'm guessing the gossip keeper would be. Gretchen. Gretchen. Who are you? I'm the gossiper. <laughs> I would say the wannabe. I'm the bystander. <laughs> What's that? The bystander like, effect. Of, yeah, the bystander effect. <laughs> I am the bystander effect. This says it's about hip parents. Hip parents? What? It's about examining your own parenting style. So I guess kind of like Regina's mom being a cool mom. Oh, hip parents. Yeah. I will say like out of all the characters, the cool mom who lets you drink and party at home is so real of high schoolers. Yeah. But first of all, I have a question, Alcus. Do you think the new mm. Mean Girls is in or out? I think it's in. I had been seeing so much criticism mm -hmm. of it, so I think I was expecting it to be a complete flop. Mm -hmm. So my expectations were so low that when I went to see it, I was like blown away. I was like, this is pure joy. <laughs> <laughs> what I, and then I told my friend Naomi, like, oh, I actually loved it, even though everyone hated it. And then she was worried that she was going to hurt my feelings by being critical of it. She was like, oh, if she loved it, I don't want to say anything like... And I was like, I mean, I'm aware that it's not good. It's camp. Yeah, but it's I very camp. But I think the camp. main thing, they didn't advertise it as a musical because they knew that people don't like musicals. Mm -hmm. I love musicals. And so basically they got people into the movie theater that wouldn't have gone, but then people were extremely disappointed, which I think is a marketing yeah. swap. Like, you gotta, you have, you have to tell people. People, like, either love or hate musicals. Like, I don't know anyone who's in between, like, people really yeah that's a good point because it is very in between like the movie itself was very in between mm -hmm. like the remake of the movie and a musical like it wasn't mm -hmm. like like if you watch like mama mia or high school musical mm -hmm. like every scene is a song that is like furthering mm -hmm. the plot and like a right. dance with like the entire cast and like all of the like background yeah. characters but in this movie like it seemed like they were trying to do, like please both audiences, like the Broadway Which is fans. A lose lose. Yeah, so I feel like they kind of disappointed both instead of just being like, "We're gonna fully go for it with the musical," which I feel like they should have. They also the person in Gory Rice who played Katie. Mm -hmm. I thought she played a good Katie, but she like can't sing, and they like auto tuned her voice. Yeah, and it sounds like. <laughs> when like influencer parents have their kids like release a single and it's just like so auto-tuned and it's like and i'm stupid with love i wanna get it i wanna 
gonna get it. Yeah. But also what I have to say is everyone on TikTok is like, as a musical theater nerd, they totally ruined the musical. Hot take. The music in the musical is really bad. Yeah. It really reminds me, my friend Naomi, we wrote a Sex in the City musical together and it really reminds me of that. We basically just took the last like two episodes of Sex and the City and took any like big plot and then like made a song off of like a famous line. Mm-hmm. For example, Miranda calls Carrie. She's in Paris. And then the song is Come Home, Carrie. Come Home, Carrie. Yeah. And this is like the same energy where they're literally like, on Wednesdays we wear pink. On Wednesdays yeah. we wear pink. And it's like, that's really lazy writing. Yeah. I liked some of the songs, but I agree. Like, it wasn't that good. And another issue I had, like, I think if you like musicals and you see this, after you're going to really feel the need to watch a good musical like after I watched mm-hmm. this movie I came home and I was like I want to watch Mamma Mia you're like because I was like because <laughs> <laughs> like it's so good and I feel like the thing that a good musical will do well is the songs will further the plot of the story mm-hmm. like the songs are telling a story show. It was very not, it was very tell, don't show. Like everything is like, they're telling you exactly what's happening instead of like, for example, she goes, my name is Regina George and I'm a massive deal. But then you don't really see how she's a massive deal. She's just like telling you that she is. Yeah, I feel like, well, first of all, I'll say like, I I liked the movie and I also went in with really low expectations because I kept seeing TikToks of people being like, <laughs> it was so bad. I walked out of the theater. I had to walk out. And I was like, oh my God. I was God. smiling. I was beaming. No, I was like time. laughing. Like I thought the jokes were good. Yeah. Like Tina Fey wrote the script for the original one and the new one. And obviously mm-hmm. there was like a lot of callback jokes like on Wednesdays we wear pink on Wednesdays we wear pink (laughs) and they they were like kind of over the top but I guess that kind of makes sense if it's like a musical remake like when yeah the Glen Coco part happened they're like Glen Coco Glen Coco like super I was like okay and like gruel have you Have you seen um, Legally Blonde, the musical? It's so similar. No, I haven't. There's just a song that's like, I've been been snap. I've been. Like, they just like take a line. Yeah. And just turn it into a song, which is like, I'm sorry, I could do that. I could and have done that. I liked it. The more the movie went on, I liked it more. The beginning, I honestly Mm -hmm. felt it was a bit boring. Like the pacing was kind of slow. There was like a lot of songs sang by Katie, and then there was like a five minute long song by Gretchen, where she's like singing about how Regina's mean to her. But it's kind of like, okay, we just saw a scene of Regina being mean to Gretchen, and then she's like singing a five minute song about the scene we just saw. Like it felt a bit unnecessary. (laughs) The whole plot is that like, 
um, Katie's like in love with the guy in her math class. And the song they wrote for that is just stupid smart with, with math, but stupid with love. I'm like, that's <laughs> it's so kind of like writing- <laughs> I know smart with math, but stupid with love. Mm. I'm like, that is not good writing. I will say I do like, like <laughs> calculust. She's like, I am filled with calculus. <laughs> <laughs> I am filled with calculus. <laughs> but after I watched <laughs> the musical, yeah. I also rewatched the original Mean Girls. And in the original movie, like the plot moves so quickly and there's like Katie's voiceover. It's such a good plot. It's that's what I really realized. good. <laughs> like I'm not being that's sarcastic. What I realized, like watching the remake, I was like, this plot is so complicated, but everything makes sense. Like there's so many plot twists where it's like Katie's a loser, Katie's cool, then she's back to being a loser. Mm-hmm. Like but it's like I think in like a different like I think it could have been I think the reason why it stood the test of time is because it's so clever. And there are like a lot of elements of like, wow, this is what high school is like. I'm really mad that they took out the line who here has been personally victimized by Regina George. That's like a fucking classic. Yeah. No, they they didn't do some of like my favorite jokes. I know. When she's like, she's like, my boobs have ESPN. They yeah. The I also love like, when cool in the original, first of all, like she becomes friends with Janice and Damien quicker, like right away. It just the whole beginning mm-hmm. progresses a lot faster. And when they go talk to her, they're like, Katie, you're a regulation hottie. And like, I that line is just like stuck in my brain, like regulation hottie. That's such a good term. <laughs> and she's regulation. like, what? Because she's like lived in Africa. And yeah. didn't know. I did like how awkward. I think the actress who played Katie was really good at being really mm-hmm. awkward. Um, but her voice was terrible, which is like, I'm sorry. I honestly think what they could have done, because like, for example, in the musical, Aaron Samuels, Katie's crush. They didn't have him sing. They didn't have him sing because the actor they chose for the movie is not a good singer. So I feel like they just should have cut (laughs) some of Katie's songs and no one would have noticed. Or just had someone else sing for her. Yeah, which is what they used. Like in My Fair Lady, um, it's played by Audrey Hepburn, but the singer is Julie Andrews. Mm. And these are the things you learn when you only watch old timey musicals (laughs) as a child. I saw someone say that Angori Rice, Katie, looks Mm -hmm. because her mom in the movie is played by Pam from The Office. And I Jenna saw Fisher. someone post, yeah. like, she looks exactly like Jim and Pam's daughter. And I kept thinking of that. She does. Also, Busy Phillips was so, so good, good. The, like, mom. Like, she nailed that role. I was kind of surprised. They could have just had Amy Poehler reprise her original Maybe role, she would have seemed too old. But I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. Something from the original that's so funny that they didn't do is... When Regina's mom comes up to her room and she's like, cocktails, girls. And then Katie's like, oh, yeah. Katie's like, does this have alcohol (laughs) in it? And she's like, no, it doesn't. But if you want some, I, I, you can have some. I just prefer you drink it in the house. And Katie's like, what? But that's so so classic. Cool mom. Cool mom. They always are like, and honestly, 
it stops people from drunk driving. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been it's been sweeping the nation. And as you know, at Vocally Fried Pod, we we share a TikTok account, and I think the algorithm is ninety nine point nine nine percent Mean Girls content mm-hmm. now. Definitely. The last thing I'll say, which has been like over discussed online, is just like truly how bad their styling was yeah i also just think that y2k is so in i think like if they had made it set the same year that the original movie was made i think people would have enjoyed it like they had all these weird like tiktok compilations Mm -hmm. where like chris olsen that like famous tiktoker guy would like be on there was a lot of like they would have weird basically like a screen with like 20 Mm -hmm. tiktokers on it but like real influencers that they got to pretend to be like (laughs) characters at their high school but it was confusing like something from the original movie is that they do have those montages but it's like documentary style like talking to all Mm -hmm. the characters of the high school of like what do you think of the Mm -hmm. drama that's happening Mm -hmm. and in the original they also have like a lot of things that teenagers in the early 2000s would do like they're always Mm -hmm. like at one point regina basically like prank calls this girl's house that they don't like and says like hi Mm -hmm. this is planned parenthood i have the test results for your daughter, blah, blah, blah. Like prank calling is a big thing, mm-hmm. obviously. And then they're always at the mall. Janice works at the mall. But I feel like this movie, it didn't really... It was kind of missing any of that. It was missing because it was trying to make Mean Girls for Gen Z, but it didn't mm-hmm. explore what Mean Girls are like in 2024. Like... They were trying to incorporate technology. No, and like they were incorporating technology like TikTok, but I feel like it would have been interesting to be like, okay, so how does technology change how bullying works now? Which they didn't really. Here's a guess that I would have. But I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like mean people would like post on their close friends list, like mean things about other people. Then someone would screenshot it and send it to like someone that it's being talked about. Like things like that, where it's like, yeah, I've seen that happen with people where it's like someone posts something about someone on their close friends and then someone else sees it and like passes it along. Like, I feel like that. I don't know. I don't think people would be like talking to TikTok and be like, this girl's so weird, blah, blah, blah. But I think like, there's a lot of subtle ways that just like technology gets used to like bully people totally. or like make fun of people. And it's like what you said, they weren't mean in a typical high school mean way. Like I did think Renee Rapp was really good as Regina. And yeah. maybe this was more just going with the musical theater style, but she was very like scary almost like in the first scene in the cafeteria the screen is like Mm -hmm. dim and she's wearing like a black leather mommy outfit and she's like (laughs) seductively like sexily staring at the camera like my name is regina george (laughs) and the whole time she's yeah she's just kind of like leather mommy vibes yeah you don't really see them do anything that awful i feel like in the original like they're mean like they're like hot cool mean girls i don't like i feel like they like took a lot of that stuff out 
which is just kind of ruins the point of the movie. Right, yeah. I feel like it's like know. in order to understand the new movie, you would have had to see the original first because you right. understand like what it's trying to get at, but it's like missing a bunch of the context of like all of these different times when Regina bullies a different random person at their high right. school. And then the other thing that I feel like they could have done better is that in the original, it really shows how like Regina can be very nice. Like there's a whole scene where Mm -hmm. Kate, she's like kind of like doing Katie's hair and makeup and saying like, wow, you have such good eyebrows, like showing how someone who's like narcissistic and charismatic Mm. can make you feel really special. And like, then if they're mean, it makes you want to get their approval back. And Mm. then like in the original, that's what happens with Gretchen. And then she's trying to get Mm. Regina's approval back and then eventually gets like a breaking point. But I Mm. feel like with the new one, they didn't really show like, why you would want to be friends with Regina in the first place. Like it just started with her as kind of like this like hot Disney (laughs) villain or something. (laughs) And she just doesn't like, I know that like high schoolers are never played by like high school age people, Mm -hmm. but like she does not look like a high schooler. Like Renee Rapp looks like a woman. Like, I'm just like, this is like a woman. And then they dressed her in a way that was like not high school either wearing a full leather outfit. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I mean, I don't think people wear that. I feel like they just should have had them in less fast fashiony outfits, like mm-hmm. just more simple outfits. Like in the original, they're wearing like plain jeans and like Mini a skirts. tank top or something. Yeah. Like it's not all of these like patterns that are in style for like two months and then are super out, yeah. you know? So, yeah, obviously that topic has been talked about so much. (laughs) I expected actually, like, the product placement to be worse from what I saw online. Yeah, like, everyone was saying that, like, I think just people were surprised because Elf was not a good product placement because, like... Yeah, Regina wouldn't use that. (laughs) Like, the cheapest makeup at Target. Like, she would use, like... Dior, Dior, yeah, or whatever. She would use like all the most expensive stuff from like Sephora. She wouldn't use Elf, but But, I will say there is this TikToker mom who has like a middle school daughter, and she does like Mm -hmm. trend reports. And I saw a trend, a recent trend report, and she was saying now for middle schoolers, it's cooler to have the dupe than the original. So I was like, well. Maybe it is accurate. Let's <laughs> you stretch your imagination. <laughs> this is historically accurate to this year. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think Mean Girls was fun. I think they should have had singing in the commercials, even if it would have hurt their box office numbers. I think it would have helped in the long run because pe- people deserve to know when they're going to see a musical. You you really can't trick people into that one. <laughs> yeah. And it's such like a beloved movie that like so many people went to see it like mm-hmm. a bunch of my co-workers went to see it that didn't know it was a musical and they were like I literally hated it so much and I'm like I mean yeah if you don't like musicals and you walk in and sit it's there for not two for hours everyone. you're probably like what the fuck is going on yeah honestly <laughs> like seeing so many TikToks about it I've been getting more into the music like I've this is embarrassing <laughs> but I've been listening to the soundtrack <laughs> recently <laughs> I'm filled with calculus. (laughs) The Broadway soundtrack is a million times better. 
Honestly, I, talking about mean girls, like TikTok is being so mean to what is her name? Angori Rice. I know. Rice. I feel kind of bad. I'm like they're putting like side by side comparisons of like her and Sabrina Carpenter playing Katie on Broadway. And it's like so different. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, and that's okay. You're like, I'm not a mean girl. I support her. I feel like the hate has gone a bit too far. Me as I'm hating. I agree. <laughs> it stops now. <laughs> and it's it's over now. I just think they cast her because she was a good actress, not because yeah. she was a good singer. And I think that that's a big oversight, again, in a musical. It all goes into them not committing to be a, being a musical. Like, Renee Rapp played Regina George on Broadway. Mm-hmm. They should have got a bunch of people who like were in the musical or have been in musicals on Broadway. And I'm sure the reason why Renee was so good is because she's been playing that role for so long. Like she's very used to it. It reminds me of Les Mis. They hired half like A-list celebrities and half Broadway performers. Mm -hmm. And like the Broadway performers just have these like incredible voices. And then the, like Russell Crowe has like never lived down that role because his voice is so bad. And it's like, you guys have to know what you're doing here. Like, especially if you're putting them side by side, it's like if Katie is singing a song with Regina George, it's like, you have this like beautiful, like vibrato soprano and then like an auto tune robot. It just is like not a good mix. Might as well just make everyone auto Because they always do that. Like, sure, I get it. They want to have like Hollywood actors to get people to see yeah just like have someone else singing for them it's just like in cartoons like yeah that's what they always used to do like janice was played by the voice actress for moana so it's like just get a voice actress it's not that hard (laughs) (laughs) that (laughs) but she did play herself but she could do everyone's voices my last thing (sighs) is i thought that janice and damien were really good but I thought yeah, that I agree. they seemed too cool. Like they're supposed to be like losers, but they seemed like yeah. in real high school, they would be like the coolest people that everyone wanted to be friends <laughs> with. <laughs> I would definitely want to be friends with them. I do think they didn't make them edgy enough, but I did like that Janice was a fiber artist. That felt very 2024. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was so good. They were both really good. I think also like, when they delivered lines from the original movie, I didn't, it wasn't like cringy. Like I was like, they're like nailing the timing and like expression was really good. Yeah. She doesn't even go here. Yeah. It's funny. as like a 30 rock super fan that Tina Fey like wrote that movie in 30 rock. Cause it's like the most like famous mainstream blockbuster film. And then 30 rock is like so niche. And but so you can weird. We're like, <laughs> so weird but you can see her humor like coming out mm-hmm. through Mean Girls but it's like funny because I remember a lot of lines from 30 Rock but I feel like most people were like that show is weird I don't like it but then Mean Girls it's like she was able to go mainstream also there's rumors that Lauren Michaels the head of SNL is going to pass SNL on to Tina Fey wow I love that idea <laughs> I do too I mean, she's kind um, of an icon I love mm-hmm. that in the new Mean Girls, like in the original, she and like the principal had like a weird flirtation, but nothing ever happened. But in the new one, 
they're married, which I thought was cute. I thought that was weird because they don't tell you until the very end. Then they're like, see you at home, honey. And then they kiss. And it's like, wait, <laughs> like, what's the point of that detail? But I guess it's for you. I, it's for it's so like that you. I know that their relationship worked out. Oh, yeah. Ever <laughs> yeah. They were both so like <laughs> desperate, desperate singles. <laughs> I should, I should re, I should rewatch it. Okay. Well, we've spent 43 what else is in elkis um saltburn is obviously very in i will say it was okay spoiler 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 if you haven't seen saltburn and you don't want to know what happens please skip (laughs) um basically it was just funny because we recorded that episode like a month ago where we're like, I'm so sick of movies, like every main movie being the same plot, mm-hmm. which is like a poor person or middle class person who like gets into a world with like the richest people on earth and then like either like takes over their position or kills them. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that on the podcast. And then Spike saw Saltburn and she texted me and she was like, no spoilers, but that was the plot of Saltburn also. Yeah. Like it was like, just so funny that we were already complaining about it and then like the biggest new movie, movie out comes right out now. yeah <laughs> and it's like the same exact plot and so i was kind of annoyed something i did enjoy is that we put in our 2022 trend predictions that there would be a skins revival season and i think saltburn is the closest we'll get like did we oh my the god whole, like movie is so like 2010s grunge indie sleaze i mean i think our prediction was right that like that aesthetic is coming back the (laughs) 2008 ish aesthetic is coming back it was really like disturbing to see like the aesthetics of our childhood be like a period piece like he's like wearing abercrombie v-necks and like live strong bracelets and it's like to like younger people they're like oh my god like i feel like i finally get when like i would go to like an 80s party in high school and my parents would be like lol like that's like they would like think it was ridiculous because they were like in their like 30s my culture is not your costume (laughs) exactly but that's how i felt i was like they're romanticizing things about when i was like 13 and like acting it's like a period piece like it's representing a time yeah so i thought that was very odd yeah no it's true i feel like that the makeup looks like really smudgy badly done Mm -hmm. eyeliner i've seen all of the like young girlies doing it on tiktok yeah i can do that (laughs) i've been rocking for years (laughs) thank god clean girl is out (laughs) i know whenever it rains in seattle my mascara is just like all i just get these raccoon eyes and it rains in seattle famously Every day. All the so, time. <laughs> recognized every day. Yeah. I liked Saltburn. I thought it was like fun and camp, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, oh my God, here we go again. And in the end, <laughs> the main character, Oliver, like kills like one by one. Spoiler. Everyone in the rich family. <laughs> But it it's another thing, kind of like Mean Girls, where it like over explains what's happening. Mm. I don't know like the whole thing where like he's spending all this time with the mom you're like okay this is fishy and then it does like a flashback and like walks you through like every behind the scenes thing he did and I'm like yeah I kind of 
picked up on that but Party, yeah I don't know it's I like, think movies are really into like we're explaining <laughs> I know they're trying to reach the lowest common denominator I think Saltburn was weird because people were saying how like crazy it is and again I've had coworkers be like I had to turn it off it was so disgusting but it's like it's just because it was like in theaters and like a mainstream movie because I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of movies that I there's see always are, been like Every indie movie is like weird. Every like horror movie has stuff that's way worse than in Saltburn. Yeah, like like Midsummer. Yeah, no, I've seen it. That's true. I feel like any like horror movie or like drama has like disturbing stuff in it, but maybe people didn't like it because it's kind of campy or something. Yeah, or they just like weren't expecting it, but. Yeah, we're rooting for you, Jacob Elordi, America's sweetheart. He's literally in every movie. Like, I saw the Elvis yeah. movie. He was Elvis. He's in this. It reminds me a lot of when Timothée was getting famous, and mm-hmm. it was like, you couldn't see a movie that he wasn't in. And you know what's going to happen to Jacob Elordi in a few years? He'll be dating a Kardashian. Oh, my God. He'll be dating Kim. It's the trajectory. (laughs) Wait, I could actually see that. She likes a tall man like Pete. She does. Something funny. So he hosted SNL, I think, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And... All of the skits were about how hot he is and Him like being hot. Yeah. But I was like, not to shame anyone for their looks, <laughs> but he's not looking good. And so I Googled like <laughs> Jacob Alardi looking bad. And apparently he is preparing for a, a role where he's a prisoner of war. So he's. I thought he was on Ozempic. He's lost a ton of weight and he looks like. Okay. Not. Gone. Yeah, gaunt, but like in the face in like a very kind of weird way. (laughs) He looks like old and aged and like frail, kind of. (laughs) And like slender man. I I was like, oh, he's preparing for a role. He was on. Ozempic and I was like no Ozempic didn't get Jacob Elordi too but that makes a lot more sense speaking of Ozempic I've been getting Ozempic ads like all day every day and I'm like why is this legal to advertise I've got some too it's really weird all right so what is out I have something I feel like Gypsy Rose is out. I mean, she had her moment, and I think she, I think the people have already turned against her. Have they? Why do you think so? I feel like when she was released, it was all about like release party, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose is free, and then I think people started like looking into her, and we're just feeling like, oh, maybe she's sus or whatever. Also, I think I saw a lot of stuff about how like. She has been on all these podcasts talking about the crime, but she's on parole. And so if she breaks parole or like if something she says something in an interview that doesn't like stand up to what she said, like to the parole Mm -hmm. board, she could just get returned back to prison for the next like two or three years. Jeez. And so people are like, why is she going on all these podcasts? Because on the podcast, she's basically saying things like, 
I had nothing to do with this murder, even though she pled guilty to second degree murder. I yeah. Think, or first degree. Like she pled guilty to murder and then she's acting like I had nothing to do with this. It was all like, what's his face? Go to John. She was like, he did it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like going back on her story, which doesn't make sense as someone who pled guilty to murder. You can't like leave prison and then act like you weren't involved when you literally have that charge. Yeah. And people were saying basically like you go in front of the parole board and say like, I've changed. I'll never commit murder again. And then for her to go on a podcast and say that she didn't do it is kind of like going against her argument and not showing that she's like grown. I mean, she definitely hasn't. Yeah. She's been like abused her entire life. Her. Yeah. She was like isolated from everyone except her mom, who was like a serial liar and scammer. And like, mm-hmm. if you're raised by someone Manipulator. who's like, yeah. A scammer and a liar, that's what you're going to learn how to do. Yeah. And I mean, I hope that people are starting to feel kind of ethically weird about like making someone a celebrity who's become famous off of having the most fucked up severe trauma that you can think of. And that's why people are like so shocked and interested in it because it's like, Mm -hmm. how could a parent like do that to their child and I don't know it's just such a crazy story but then just becoming like an influencer well I think some people might not know some what happened to Gypsy Rose basically Mm. her mom had Munchausen by proxy which is like the disease where you like make your child sick so she was wheelchair bound for her entire life she She had a feeding tube from ages like 8 to 24 she was being like drugged on a ton of medicine she was getting like unnecessary operations like she got her teeth removed and her saliva glands removed. Yeah. Her mom told people she had leukemia. Like there's absolutely, she has no medical issues. And I she mean, tried she to probably- run away. I guess I, I listened to a podcast she was on with mm-hmm. the Nick from The Bachelor. It was Nick really Kyle. weird. How did he get her first interview? Maybe she's like a fan understand. of The Bachelor or something. That's the only thing oh, I can probably. imagine. She was saying on that that she like tried to run away multiple times and it didn't mm. work. And she just like her mom would tie her to her bed for like three yeah. weeks at a time. And she came to the conclusion that like the only way she could get out of it was like if her mom died. But yeah, she did say like, well, I don't think of myself as a murderer. I think of myself as accessory to murder because I didn't but that's commit not what it. She pled guilty to. And she was like, I asked because she got married while she was in prison. So now she has this husband, which is also like, that's not, you know, of course, healthy behavior. We have to explain to people who don't know what happened. She got an online boyfriend (laughs) who then came and murdered her mom. And then they like ran away and escaped. And they both he's in prison for life. And she just got out on parole after like being in prison for I think 11 years yeah and she was saying that like she asked her now husband if I asked you to kill my mom would you and he was like no I would have said like we need to figure out a different way to deal with this and that and then she was like and that's why why it wasn't my fault I don't know (laughs) it is like like she really needs help because like I think also 
the reason I'm saying she's out is because I think she's going to be a lot more out of the media. Cause I think hopefully someone was like, yo, you need to stop talking about this all the time because she's just going to say something that's like going to make her break parole or they're going to be like, she's not ready to like be out of prison. There's a lot of weirdness around it. It is like hard because part of me, of course, is like, this is so exploitive, but then it's like such a compelling story. It is like hard to look away. Like you and I watched like the act together, <laughs> which was a movie about her life. And so yeah. it's like, ugh, it's just hard because it's like, I don't, I don't think she should be a celebrity. I think I saw something that was like part of her parole should have just been to stay out of the media. Like, I think that would have been best for her. Like she also made a documentary series and it's like, I think it would be best for her to just try to live a normal life since she's never been able to live a normal life until now because she was like imprisoned by her mom until she was like 25 and then in Mm -hmm. prison for like 11 years. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's hard because it's like someone with that much trauma getting this much media attention and she doesn't really have like a way to make money. Like, so she's going to try to make money through like podcast interviews and like documentaries and like social media. The, the, uh, show that we saw that was a drama series based on her life that she didn't get any money from that, which is really messed up. Yeah. She's never watched it either. If you're going to exploit her. Yeah. In that interview, she's like, they ask if she's seen it and she's like, no. And then Nick Vial was like, I don't even want her to watch my season of The Bachelor. Like he like compared like watching the movie, the show about like her trauma and like killing her mom to like his season of The Bachelor. And it's like, that's embarrassing yeah. for you. No, it was a really weird. Like I'd never listened to a Bachelor podcast before. Mm-hmm. Can't say the same. <laughs> I mean, this should be so obvious. Like, these people are famous for going on, like, the most vanilla reality Mm -hmm. show ever. So they're not going to be Mm -hmm. super thoughtful or intelligent people. But at the end of the episode, with Gypsy still on it, they had a segment where listeners call in for advice with their relationship problems. And it was so weird. Like, this woman called in... And she was saying, like, so my husband and I have been together for, like, a really long time. We have three kids. But all of a sudden, his sex drive is really high. And, like, I'm not sure how to navigate that. And they were like, go off, queen. Get that D as, like, advice. (laughs) And then then she went on to say, like, I don't know if it was Gypsy. Someone was like, well, why is that like... Cons- I definitely want life advice from Gypsy Rose. No offense. It was so I'm funny. Like- Nick was like, Gypsy, you have such good advice. I can tell you've been in therapy. But... More like prison. I'm like, what? Someone was like, well, <laughs> has this ever happened before in your relationship? And she was like, it did happen a number of years ago. He like wanted to have sex with me a lot more. And then I found out that he was like having an affair and that was like why he was like horny all the time and so who is she talking about her her ex no the woman calling into the show with her problem oh i thought this was gypsy rose no this is still the woman and so clearly the reason why she was worried is because she thinks maybe her husband is having an 
an affair again. Mm. But instead of like giving her advice about that, being like, okay, like Mm -hmm. this is what you should do. You need to like ask him about it. They were like, well, it sounds like you got through this the last time. So I think things are fine. Enjoy that D girl. Bye. And I was like, what? that's the worst advice I've ever heard. That is so it was weird. not a good advice podcast, shockingly. <laughs> Nick from The listen. Bachelor and Gypsy Rose giving love advice. <laughs> and his, like, fiance, who's, like, 22 and, like, pregnant with his baby. Like, she's, like, really Yeah, she young. didn't really talk like, the whole time. Okay, he's, like, 15 years older than her. It's a little questionable, um, but... Sounds like all of the people I'm, I'm like, where should I live next year? I need to talk to Nick Vial and Gypsy Rose and their respective partners. Like, that's who's going to give me those good answers. I mean, I really wish her luck, but I would not want to take dating advice from someone who has like (laughs) never dated in the real world before. Like she's only been an online online relationships. Yeah, the only person she's ever dated was basically like a hitman. Yeah, her, her like her rapist hitman online boyfriend <laughs> who's now in prison for life. Then she had a second boyfriend, yeah. online boyfriend in prison. And then she had a Ryan, her now husband was like her prison online boyfriend and then prison online husband. And now she just got released and they moved in together. Like they're going from like, this is her first (sighs) in-person relationship and she's married. And we've all been there. Yeah. And they were talking about wanting to have kids soon and stuff. No. It's just clearly a trauma response. Like she was talking about how she's like always wanted a family because like she never had a loving family. And it's like, yeah, you need time to like process things or you're going to like have a kid and like deeply traumatize them. So yeah, the cycle, the cycle. Um, Something else that's out. Um, this is my might be controversial. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein is out. Um, this is kind of a crime list. episode. Yeah, this is and mean girls. Mean crime. Girl on mean girl girls. crime. <laughs> mean girls, mean queen bees and wannabes. <laughs> is that what it's called? They basically just run bees with bees, but um, <laughs> I'm a massive bee, so, and I am a massive bee. <laughs> um, basically, all of these names that were like named in the like court case against Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine. I realize Ghislaine sounds like Ghislaine Clay. Oh, it's spelled the same way too. No, it's not. (laughs) So, for context... (laughs) (laughs) Her name is spelled like Glizane, but it's pronounced Glizane. Oh, I spell it like G-H-L-A-I-N in my head. Like, if you pronounce it, it would be Glizane. Okay. Basically, in Europe, like, 10 years ago, we got this knockoff Calvin Klein underwear that had, like, the same band that would say Calvin Klein, but instead it said Glenn Klein. <laughs> and we, we were obsessed it was with it. 
the funniest thing on earth because it's couldn't be farther from um Calvin Klein, Glenn Klein, and then we saw Gloin. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a little bit too much like groin. <laughs> I know, but basically Glenn Klein reminds me of Glenn Maxwell, famous rapist and sex trafficker. Yeah. Which all I'm going to say is Ryan and I went to this first wave feminist exhibit on accident in New York City that was called literally her story. What if women ruled the world? And all I'm going to say is if women ruled the world, it would only be women. Like it would be like Hillary Clinton and Kamala, Nars- like horrible people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, and like, um, what's her name? Um, Maggie Thatcher. Nikki Haley. And like Glenn- <laughs> Yeah, it would just be like, like power hungry. Yeah, like narcissistic who are women. white women <laughs> who are rich. Yeah, who happen to be women. Like a lot of women actually do rule the, rule the world and they're terrible. So yeah, we we're just laughing because it's like, yeah, let's yeah. not change anything about race or class or anything. We're just going to make women rule the world. And it's like, yeah, they'd still be pretty bad. I can yeah. think of a few off the top of my head. That's why I hate identity politics so much because if like you're just mm-hmm. trying to like, put different people who are like representative of different like marginalized communities in positions of power without addressing like (laughs) capitalism or anything about like the system of like oppression that we live under it's just going to be the exact same but then you're like oh this is good this is good because like this a woman is in charge of this genocide like it's like yeah exactly it's like it's awful but what were you saying about jeffrey epstein Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh God, a musical about <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. No, that's Basically, not a list funny. of people who were associated with him and went to his island was released, as well as pictures of Bill Clinton getting back massages from underage girls. Kate Blanchett was on the list. Stephen mm-hmm. Hawking was on the list. Noam Chomsky, mm-hmm. which is a big L. Yeah. Um, it does kind of get you down this QAnon rabbit hole where you're like, there is an elite pedophile sex ring, <laughs> unfortunately. The hard thing about like conspiracy theories is that like there are actual conspiracies. <laughs> right. Like rich people who have a pedophile ring in this case, like Jeffrey Epstein. For example. <laughs> and like the whole Pizzagate thing with Hillary Clinton is like, Okay, maybe like Pizzagate, that whole thing didn't exist. She definitely wasn't like eating babies that we know of. Wait, was like her husband Pizzagate was- when like some QAnon follower like broke into a pizza restaurant because he thought like people were being trafficked there or something? They said Hillary Clinton was running a child trafficking ring and like eating baby blood out of the basement of a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. And someone shot it up because of that. And it was just like a random pizza place in D.C. Yeah. So like they're missing the they're missing the mark, but they're not far 
off in that regard. Like Bill Clinton is like a very known sex trafficker or I guess pedophile at least. User, you pedophile user of sex trafficking. Um and like literally all of like our presidential candidates are like known rapists with many allegations against them. Like Jesus, Biden, like Biden and Trump. Trump. It's crazy. Clinton. And like there's all Bush? of I don't know. I don't know about I Bush. About Maybe Bush. he's one of the good he's ones. He's a good <laughs> <laughs> He might be a war criminal, as they all but are. He's but he's an artist. I, I can't. But he's a mean artist. He paints pictures of people that he sent to go die in Afghanistan. God. Like, okay. I think, honestly, that's the best use of his time. Like, Obama, can you, like, stop posting dumb shit online and just, like, be a DJ and, like, make playlists? Like, I don't need your hot takes on international affairs because you're bad at it and you support genocide. So maybe like go away. Like I, yeah. I like that Bush doesn't make any means because people like he still has followers. Obama still has followers. So like they still have a lot of influence. Like, like Obama's just been a hundred percent behind everything that Joe Biden has done to like support and fund the genocide of Palestinians. Yeah, I'm reading this book that I would really recommend to anyone. It's really famous, but it's Freedom is a Constant Struggle (laughs) by Angela Davis. And it's basically exactly about what we're talking about. It's about Mm -hmm. Obama coming into office and then this like Mm -hmm. false idea that liberals had that like racism is solved. And that the US's involvement in the Middle East has like constantly been overlooked and left out of the agenda Mm -hmm. of leftist groups and like just like all of the like social justice. I feel guilty of that too because like it just isn't really talked about like what's happening in Palestine is horrifying but it's like not new as no, what's happening in like, Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan and in Palestine. This book but it was like, came out in like the beginning of 2016 and it could have been written yesterday. Right. Things have only mm. gotten worse but it's like all yeah. the information and all the signs have been there for like mm-hmm. years and years and years. It's really interesting and it talks about also the South African anti-apartheid movement and Mm -hmm. similarities of like Ferguson and Palestine. And she talks a lot about how Mm -hmm. like, you know, for better, for worse, people really have to like see themselves in a movement and see the connections Mm -hmm. to fight for it. Like she talks Mm -hmm. about that like in the context of feminism how like a lot of men think like feminism is like a women's issue that they will like help Mm -hmm. with to like support their girlfriend or something not something Mm -hmm. that like involves everyone regardless of like whatever gender you have and Mm -hmm. so she's like talking about Palestine in that context of it's the same thing Mm -hmm. that's going on here the apartheid that Palestinians experience it's the same thing that black Americans experience where like Mm-hmm. the statistics of black men in prison is like absolutely insane mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with like palestinian men mm-hmm. and like israel's basically like illegal prisons mm-hmm. just for prisons palestinians just, um, like yeah. it's living under siege constantly mm-hmm. but it's really interesting they would recommend nice 
I should read it. I definitely read, yeah, a lot of excerpts of like Angela Davis in college, but I should read one of her books front to back. Um, anyways, anything else out besides imperialism <laughs> and pedophile presidents <laughs> and identity politics? Oh my god. In our crime episode. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because it's, I feel like, the only thing I can think about these days. Same. I mean, there are other things that are out, but we can just talk about them in a future episode. Well, Elkis, to wrap things up, what is the goopiest thing you've done this week? The goopiest thing I've done, maybe it wasn't this week. Um, it was actually when I got back from my trip with you when I was visiting you on the East Coast. I had been out of my apartment for around three weeks. I came back and... Um, open the dishwasher and our dishwasher is new but you know how landlords are (laughs) they like to cheap out on you it doesn't dry things so the dishes have been sitting in like a wet damp box for three Mm -hmm. weeks and there was like mold all over oh my god (laughs) and especially the wooden cutting board that's in there was like covered in green mold oh gross which is so annoying because it's like I cleaned all of this stuff and now it's all coming <laughs> So we had to like run everything again and the cutting board is like extremely warped from like being moldy for three weeks and just sitting in water because it's wood. Um, and so, yeah. And like, again, it's like I did everything right. I washed my dishes, but you tried, but you were sabotaged. I was sabotaged by my landlord. That's so crazy because my goopy moment is super similar. So we have a dishwasher, me and Rocket. Oh, right. But it's like a typical cheap landlord thing where we had it installed Mm -hmm. by like two teenage boys who are like high out of their mind and probably like the cheapest people he could find. Like they did not (laughs) know what they were doing at all. And Mm -hmm. it stopped working soon after, not surprisingly. And basically something got disconnected. So whenever I turn on the sink or do Mm -hmm. the garbage disposal, dirty water and sludge comes out from underneath the dishwasher. I think I did that when I was there. I think I opened it and then sludge got everywhere. Yeah, it's like not connected. It's like not connected to any pipe. And so we told our landlord a million times like, hey, this is your house that you own, but the floorboards are getting ruined and they're like warping and it's an old like house with wooden floorboards. Like they're rotting. Like Mm -hmm. the area underneath the dishwasher is rotting. (laughs) And I actually think that it might fall like to the next floor underneath us. Like it's been like rotting wood for like a month and no one has dealt with it. What happens if you ask them to deal with it? They just don't come? Well, yeah, we have like eventually he sent like his main handyman out and he was like, oh yeah, this looks really bad. I guess we'll get those boys. But then like he just dropped the ball. Get the boys. 
It's no. weird because like you would think that a landlord would care about preserving their I own know. property. I don't know why they He's don't. waited a month to deal with this and now he's going to have to like repair a hole in the floor when like the dishwasher falls through onto the first floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? I don't understand. I honestly don't really care. Like, I'm not going to probably live well, here for that long. The sludge is not fun, The sludge though. is sludging. <laughs> That's for sure. The girls are girly. <laughs> yeah. Sludge probs. Sludge corner. Well, if anyone has any uh, dishwasher repair people, uh, another thing is the guy who installed our dishwasher didn't attach it to the counter. So when you open it, the entire dishwasher falls on you. <laughs> Wait, what? So I don't do that. Dealt with. It like comes out of the wall a few inches and like the whole thing like leans onto you, which is kind of alarming. It seems like anyone <laughs> can just in- like advertise themselves as like a dishwasher installer. So he came in to like install it and I was so excited because our last one leaked, of course. And he comes in to install it and I'm like, great. And then he's like looking at something in the bathroom. I start putting stuff in and then I just press start because we had a bunch of dirty dishes. And I'm like, oh, it's not working for some reason. He's like, oh, let me look at it. He's like, oh, I didn't turn the water back on. I'm like, yeah, that's like really important. Important. Mm -hmm. And he also didn't, he also didn't like attach it to the sink. Like it's not attached to anything. It just comes out onto you. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to learn like how to be a handyman because I honestly think I could do it a lot better than some of these teenagers. I was going to say one of these days I'm going to buy myself a nice ass dishwasher that dries things thoroughly. It doesn't have (laughs) sludge or mold in it. That would be ideal. (laughs) that would be ideal all right well i had so much fun talking with you and listeners did you like the episode did you like our crime episode (laughs) oh thank you so much per usual follow us on tiktok at vocally fried pod Follow us on Instagram at vocally fried. Yes, follow me at intrusive thought and follow me at late night elkis. <laughs> and as always, thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening to, to vocally fried. fried, the first people in the podcasting industry to ever make it in an outlet. <laughs> <laughs>